Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 20th of January, 2023. On today's show, our roundtable discussion, Jake Hatch of Locked On Cougars, John Williams of Locked On Sooners, and Stephen Simcox of Locked On, uh, uh, not Longhorns, Horn Frogs, and myself. We talk Kendall Bryles, and we talk about the Big 12 schedule release when we're going to get it. One note, this was recorded on Thursday the 19th at, at night. At that point in time, we did not have a tweet out or an announcement yet from TCU about Kendall Bryles being hired, but they did have a statement on their website. Today, we got a tweet where uh, Kendall Bryles' name was not used in the actual text of the tweet, so it couldn't be searched. His family was used in the picture in the tweet. He was the furthest person away from the camera, so you guys can go look at that tweet. But when we recorded this show, there was no tweet out yet from TCU. A day later now on a Friday, they have tweeted out the uh, you know that he will be joining them. So just a note there before we get going about when this show is recorded. So you might hear me say, hey, there's no tweet out yet. At the time we recorded this, that was the case. I just wanted to make that clear. All right, enjoy the show because it's a pretty fun and a good, I think, thoughtful conversation. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The boys are back. The table is round, metaphorically speaking. It is the Locked On Big 12 roundtable. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. John Williams is here. He is the host of Locked On Sooners. Below him on your screen, it is Jake Hatch, the host of Locked On Cougars. To his left, below me, it is Stephen Simcox, the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, guys, so we have we have a couple topics to get to. Number one, uh, Kendall Bryles is back in the Big Twelve, which is going to be a it's just a really odd, weird story all the way around. Obviously, Jeff Levy was hired last year by Oklahoma, so we'll kind of talk about all the things involved with this, and then. Secondly, we still do not have a schedule for the 2023 Big 12 football season. Every other conference has it. We have had athletic directors galore saying this date, this date, here, then, there, everywhere. So we'll talk about why there is no schedule and kind of like the circumstances around this and why the schedule really should be a big thing. But first, the news, uh, and it became official today. TCU had a, not a tweet, not an Instagram post. They had a press release saying that they are hiring Kendall Bryles to be their offensive coordinator. He was at Arkansas uh, before. He is now coming over from Arkansas to replace Garrett Riley, who is going to Clemson. So, Stephen Simcox, you are the host of Locked on Horn Frogs. You guys have been all over this. But um, the, for, a, for a school that has really been off awesome excuse me, with social media, the videos, the posts have been a lot of fun and everything. Press release. I think that kind of tells the entire story. That this is not a hire that is celebrated. This is a win. This is a win move. We have to win. We think Kendall Bryles gives us the best chance of winning. We're not going to celebrate it. We're just going to do it. Right. So, I mean, there were already a couple guys on the staff, and, and we talked about this last year, and we talked about Jeff Levy, but Kaz Kazadi – Strength conditioning coach. He was there at Baylor um, during the the time that the scandal happened, uh, and he was actually named individually in some lawsuits. Um, Carlton Buckles also spent some time at Baylor on the Art Bryle staff, and so they were there. Now, Cause was at SMU with Sonny for 
a number of years before he came to TCU. So that was a little bit of a different situation. You know, for better or worse, like Sonny is close with the Bryles family. Um, his father, Spike, knew Art Bryles really well. Art and Sonny have coached on staff before. They're both part of that air raid tree that, you know, Mike Leach um, sort of popularized and, and has spread all across the country with the different guys that have gone and kind of run with his offense and use their own variations. Um, so when we first started hearing the name, I guess I wasn't shocked, but I thought, you know, surely like they've they've kind of hit all the right notes. They've been a really lovable program so far since Sonny Dykes took over. Um, I, I think they'll kind of read the room here. Uh, and they decided to go ahead and hire Kendall. And with that comes backlash. With that comes pushback. And to this point, they haven't addressed that. You know, I've I've had this week, I've talked about this, and I've had people tell me, well, other schools have vetted him, right, because he's had four other jobs since that Baylor job. Um, TCU has probably vetted him. Sonny knows him really well. And I'm saying those people are saying that because, as Josh said, TCU hasn't said anything other than a generic email they sent to all their media contacts announcing the hire. They haven't explained why they're comfortable doing this. They haven't talked about that. And I doubt that we'll hear that. Um, so there are a couple aspects of, of this that are disappointing. One is, you know, for a program that was really open with the media, especially when you look at the landscape of college football, I mean, we heard from Garrett Riley and Joe Gillespie frequently. Uh, I doubt that happens with Kendall. I don't think we'll get much media availability uh, from him because of the type of questions and, you know, the way that question would lead. But my my overarching issue with all this is, yes, he was not technically named in any lawsuit except for one statement that he made to a recruit that was very egregious about um, white women and do you like them? And we have a lot of those at Baylor. Uh, that was the only time he was named in any legal proceedings. Now, the Pepper Hamilton report came out and it talked about the staff as a whole and in their failures, but the year that he was there in 2016 at Baylor after his father got fired, um, he and a lot of other members of that staff made it very obvious that their position on this was that art and the rest of that staff was a scapegoat for a university wide failure. Um, you know, Kendall famously wrote CAB on his hands uh, before their season opener. Um, they, I, I think it's fair to say they basically quit on that football team uh, about midway through the season after, you know, stories kept coming out and Board of Regents members at Baylor were, were publicly kind of bashing them. And, yeah, it was a unique and weird situation, but I don't think they handled it well. And, you know, I, I would love to hear in the seven years since then um, what his perspective is now on all that, like what he learned from it, if he feels differently. If he would if he would at least take the basic stuff of accountability and saying, hey, we were there, we were in charge, we were the adults, and this happened, um, and that was bad. <laughs> like I think that would be the, the most basic step that could be taken. And um, I guess he really doesn't owe us that, but I, I think that would go a long way in creating some trust. I, see, here's the thing. I, I think he might. And, and this was a problem with Jeff Levy, too, when he was hired – obviously in Oklahoma, because we, when you bring these guys back to the big 12, John, like they are now they're playing Baylor. They are now closer to where this thing happened. And Levy and, and our, and uh, Kendall Bryles were like pretty, pretty. I mean, they were out there backing art. And like, th this is the one thing is like, I, cause I've heard this 
about second chances. They didn't act like there was a first chance that went wrong. That's been my big problem with a lot of this, John. And look, uh, Jeff, I think Jeff Levy's problem got buried, honestly, in, in a different way because things didn't go well at OU. So like the whole Herb Piles thing kind of got buried because things weren't going well, which is obviously one way it can go. So it's funny because it's important we bring this up now because some people say if they win, who will care? Well, also turns out if you lose, people might not care because they're so concerned about the losing. And you mentioned this before we started recording. We're almost where you, we all together were one year ago doing this same exercise over again. Yeah, it's it's deja vu. It's Groundhog Day a little bit um, and not in a good way. Uh, it's you know, I did a couple of different shows on it last year when Jeff Levy was hired. And it's it's a shame, you know, that none of these guys are ever going to really own any of it. You know, they're not going to own take any responsibility for any of it. And that's, that's the frustrating part of it. Even when, you know, Levy came to, to Norman, you know, his first press conferences, we didn't really hear much about the past. It was all about what he was coming with, what he was doing. And I get that, you know, you move on, you know, things change, things like, but just like you mentioned, Josh and, and Steven, they haven't really said that there was a problem that they, that they did anything. I, I don't even say wrong, but they didn't handle their responsibility well at Baylor and how they were responsible for you know reporting as a staff these issues that were coming up within the program they should have taken them either to you know they should have made sure that things were happening that weren't happening uh, making sure the authorities were contacted and what was going on and and yeah so you know now Kendall Bryles Jeff Lovely both back in the Big 12 and it, it seems like it's the relationships you know Kendall with Sonny Dykes Levy with Brent Venables that are allowing the kind of the mask to kind of come over this to where they're, they're going to kind of be the shield for some of that. And they may never have to answer any questions about any of that and moving forward. I mean, Oklahoma kind of did the same thing when Jeff Levy was hired. It was just a you know blanket statements uh, from the athletic director and the coaches and things like that. And you didn't really you know, get the big kind of pomp and circumstance from the, from the social media side of things. So yeah, it's, it's a really, oh man, it's a really strange place to be because I, I'm all for people getting an opportunity to, to grow and learn and, you know, show that they're different people than who they are, but there's no indication and there's no like acknowledgement that there's been a growing process that's taken place with either of these guys. And Jeff Levy, I mean, he seems like a good guy. He seems like a nice guy. He, you know, works with the media really well. He, he treats players well. All the players love him, but this this issue just still sits there, you know, and it's going to haunt these guys and maybe not forever. Maybe eventually time will go on and people will quit talking about it, but it's still there. And it's still one of those kind of things that every time like Jeff Levy gets mentioned in, you know, the next potential, you know, coaching carousel, I always have to wonder like, okay, really? Like, is he going to be really willing to, to be the head guy? at a place and have to take those questions from the media at some point about the, the lack of accountability and the lack of transparency that occurred at Baylor because he was a part of it. Kendall Bryles was too. And we may never hear from these guys. They might be, you know, long time assistants that aren't ever going to have to take those questions you know, directly, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll be curious to see what happens if Kendall Bryles ever does get to talk. If the Fort Worth media, um, you know, people like Mac Engel, uh, who oh, wrote Mac a Engel. glowing piece hey, can, uh, can defending we, this. 
I mean, this guy. I grew up reading the Fort Worth Star Telegram, and I grew up reading Mac Engel, and was a fan of his work and several other people over there. But in the last decade, Engel just dropped off, and this was just kind of the 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 straw that broke the camel's back on how to just completely undermine your own legitimacy. He he has not only been defending, he has been advocating for the hire of these gentlemen. I mean, that's he's been out there, Jake, saying that, you know, you should hire Kaz Kazadi. You should hire Kendall Bryles. And look, here's the thing. Here's the reality. Art Bryles is not, he was hired one time at Grambling State. How long did that last? Why? If the guy was truly innocent, if this stuff really did not matter, then then these ascensions for Levy and Bryles would be faster and they'd be on their way up. Hell, Hugh Freeze has gotten a second chance in this game. All right. And and, and the, I think the one thing about this also too, Jake, like if Kendall is there and there's a chance it wins the schedule yet, we'll get to that in a second, there's a chance he might have to return to Baylor like this year. Oh yeah. I can't imagine that's gonna be a truly uncomfortable setting. Oh yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be both a completely uncomfortable, but at the same time a spectacular, uh, just environment to see what the reception is for a guy like that. Hopefully awful. I hope. Hopefully I hope because I hopefully awful. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But the thing about this, you're right. Guys like Hugh Freeze, uh, Bobby Petrino, they have all gotten second and third chances. Art Bryles never got that second chance. You mentioned the fact he got hired a Grambling. Southern Miss tried to bring him in at one point. Like. There have been programs who've tried to stick their neck out there to hire him, and the 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 outrage has negated any opportunity for him. This is this whole situation; it doesn't look pretty, and TC is going to have to navigate some very choppy waters with this. The, like you mentioned, the Jeff Levy thing. Levy obviously was a, had a tainted reputation, but I think the stumble to Oklahoma had this year kind of took some of the 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 spotlight off of him. With TCU being the national runner-up in the college football playoff, mm. that spotlight is huge. And Kendall Bryles is stepping right into the middle of it. Yeah, and I think we also mentioned, too, like all of us here in some way, shape, or form, and actually it's, it's ironic, it's like we're, we're all kind of different denominations of, of the Christianity thing. And here's the thing. Here, here's why this gets highlighted here. It's been so funny to watch these – hate to use the word resurrection, but like the way these coaching groups have been revived – Hugh Freeze was at Liberty. Guess guess what? Who was the athletic director? I think it was president athletic director from, from Baylor after the disgrace. <laughs> right after the disgrace at Baylor, another Christian university, right? Well, uh, Ken- the comments. The other thing about that, Kenneth Starr, who was at Baylor, was the president of Liberty before retiring. So it, <laughs> And and also, and that, that's when the Hugh Freeze made the uh, the very notorious "only Jesus can handle my junk" comments, right? When he was introduced there at, at Liberty, and you've had the situation now where it happened at Baylor, and look, like I know FSU and FAU and um, and you know uh, Arkansas all hired him before. He is now returning to a Christian university. Kendall Bryles is after not taking any accountability, Stephen, for what he did at all and their biggest rival is another christian university where he is part of one of the biggest sexual assault scandals in the history of college athletics Mm. it like there have been a lot of people in here who said well he's been hired other places why not like why you know why what's different here it's different because of what the university you know pretends to well says they stand for 
and also who their biggest rival is and where he will be returning. Like, in my opinion, this is the last thing. I'll give you the last word in the Steven. All that stuff does matter to me, at least. Well, and the, the funny thing about the second chance narrative too, is like, he's never been unemployed. I mean, he went directly, <laughs> he went directly from Baylor to FAU right. in Florida state in Houston. Like there's not been a drop off. I think the one thing that you could say about both Kendall and Jeff Levy is with their success running offenses, they would probably both be head coaches at this point, or at least would be getting, you know, regular interviews that you know, their names would come up on a hot board from time to time, if not for what happened at Baylor. But that's really about the only thing that you can say that's, that's really stopped them from reaching where they are um, in the, in the college ball hierarchy. The other really strange thing about it is, and I mean, I get it. Like to a certain extent, this is just how it goes, but like Gary Patterson and Art Bryles, Hated, hated each other, each other. Yes. Hated, like like could not be in the same room hated. together type yeah. hated each other because they just despised one another that was why the rivalry took so much like gained so much steam and got so much heat in those years that they would battle it out because those two guys despised one another and it is kind of hilarious that kendall's gonna pass a statue of gary patterson every day when he walks into work like that that aspects of it is just sort of funny but the, the final thing i'll say is this is all a risk calculus right Like you're looking at Mm -hmm. it and you're saying, okay, is what we're going to deal with worth, you know, the, the backlash or worth the public perception that's going to come with it. And I think Jeremiah Donati is giving Sonny Dykes a lot of, a lot of rope here. He's giving, he's putting a lot of trust in Sonny Dykes as a football mind, as someone who can have institutional control, because I'm not going to lie about this. Kendall Bryles is a good offense coordinator. He's a competent offensive coordinator. I don't know if he's necessarily like an elite mind, like top five in the country that you you just say, oh man, that's a dude that could scheme me up two or three wins a year just because he's so good at running an offense. Like he had Arkansas rolling pretty well. They run the ball really effectively. They also have a bowling ball of a quarterback in KJ Jefferson who is built very differently than Chandler Morris, who's like a 5'10", 180 pound type guy. Um, that's They're not going to run the ball for 600, 700 yards with, with Chandler Morris next year. It's just not going to happen. I'm interested to see what he does. I think like Sonny Dykes has been able to score points wherever he's been. But if this thing goes south, like if they come out against Colorado and Coach Prime holds them to 14 points or something like this, and all of a sudden like the on-the-field product's not working, then, man, you've really opened yourself up to a can of worms. And – it's just going to be fascinating to see. Like this is a, there's, there are a ton of people you could have hired that could have done the job and would not have come with this baggage. So in year two, even after everything you've done to build up so much goodwill, this is a a significant risk that you're taking by putting your reputation on, you know, the back of Kendall Bryles. I I will give you this. It's he. So basically Sonny Dykes just hit the lottery. He asked for the lump sum and then he took it to the casino. Yeah. He said, I'm cashing this damn thing in and I'm, I'm going to put it on black. And so, um, and here's the thing. I like Kendall Bryles. They've scored a lot of points wherever he's gone. He is a good offensive mind. We've seen this offense guys. It is a really good offense. It works all over college football. Tennessee just ran. It's basically perfection this year. They'll probably score a lot of points. All right. It's probably going to happen. It's important. That's why we talk about this right now you know, have this conversation about it, but I will say one more closing note of this for me. I, I made a tweet recently about the, the fact that TCU does, uh, you know, is not announcing this on Twitter, their Twitter and, you know, with the higher Kendall Bryles, 
There is a reason why Gary Patterson's wife just followed me on Twitter, guys. <laughs> it's it goes exactly what to, to what Steven just says. It's not a coincidence. I tweeted something semi disparaging about Kendall Bryles, and GP's wife just follows me. Come on, that like that's how deep this thing is. Mm-hmm. That's how deep this thing goes. The next point, we don't know where anybody's who's playing who at all next year. And John, I'll go to you next because I think your program, Oklahoma, is at the center of a lot of this. Everybody wants to know who will get their final cracks or first cracks in the case of BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati at the Sooners. Do you think who plays Texas and OU is at the heart of why we do not have a Big 12 schedule yet? I do think that that's a big part of it. I think the the fact that there's an early exit that's been bandied about quite a bit recently where Oklahoma and Texas are going to go in 2024 to the SEC, that limits how many you know home dates that the remaining 12 teams are going to have for Oklahoma and Texas in 2023. So you know, in 2023, 2024, you could have made everybody happy. They would have all gotten to host Oklahoma or Texas at least one time, and that you could have probably made it work if you had them in for two seasons, but the fact that you're only going to have them for one means there's going to have to be a little bit of negotiating that happens in the big 12 uh, boardroom because everybody wants to host Oklahoma and Texas because it moves the needle, whether it's national recognition or travel or what, or local buzz. I mean, everything just, it just grows. And so you're going to see the local economies even get a bigger boost because Oklahoma and Texas are coming to town just because people are just get excited for Oklahoma and Texas. And so I think there's going to be a little bit of that. I think, you know, the, the remaining eight are going to take exception to the idea that maybe one of these new four might get a chance to host Oklahoma and Texas, but that's just kind of, you're all in it together now. So you got to figure it out and figure out how it's, how it's all going to work. If Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave in 2020 after the 2023 season. Uh, Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I do think it's just a lot of negotiation that has to take place and Brett Yormark, here you go. This is, this is a fun one for you to, to uh, really get your get yourself started with a, as the Big 12 commissioner. Jake, they better nail the release of this because with all the consternation about when, where, how, Terry Mahajer, Mac Rhodes announced that stuff. I was told by somebody I trust that it was going to be on the show. Actually, I can say Chris Level told us it was going to be like last couple of weeks over from Texas Tech and that's obviously been pushed back and whatnot. I mean, I think they've had maybe a version and then something's been, been reset, but like, They need to make sure that they nail the release of this because this kind of feels like almost an album release in some ways, which is right up the alley of one Brett Yormark. Uh huh. Well, that's the thing. You're right. They absolutely have to nail it. The biggest thing I'm looking at, and Mac Rhodes said this. It was on. I think it was on Sikkim 365, the Baylor show that's out there on YouTube. I was watching that interview. He mentioned the fact that there, there. I guess apparently, what he was, the way he insinuated stuff was that there were some issues potentially with travel, making teams go back to back on long road trips that also need to be worked out here. But yeah, I think the Texas Oklahoma deal, making sure that you don't have a team potentially, let's say, going to UCF one week and the following week coming out to Provo to face BYU just extensive travel that regard you got to navigate all of that but you're right to your your original point there Josh with how long they have made people wait and just the rumors it's coming out this week and then to say no it's coming out that they you're right they absolutely have to nail this release and they've got to get it as perfect as possible just to everybody they're not they're not going to appease everybody but they've got to do their absolute best to nail it Oh, I cannot wait to see like who is upset. I mean, I think the situation where like, 
imagine if Texas Tech's schedule is like difficult because that's a fan base that has really talked a whole lot of you know what uh, since the season ended. They've loved their eight and, and look, I love you guys, Tech fans. You guys are awesome, but they have been pretty, uh, you know, uh, pretty out there. And that's the fun thing now is like there is a certain element of the schedule could in a league it's this wide open, uh, Stephen, as we saw this year. There is a certain element of the schedule could define which two teams are meeting in Arlington next year. And maybe it's potentially teams that have not seen each other yet, because guess what? They haven't seen each other yet. And they're the two best teams in the league up to that point. And that's, that's part of the excitement I think here. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, I can't wait until we see, you know, Texas have to go to Cincinnati on a Saturday and then go to BYU on a Thursday night here. When when that final schedule comes out in a week or so, that's going to be a fantastic moment to see all the belly aching from fans about that. Uh, no, in all seriousness, it does matter. I mean, who you play matters a ton. If you can avoid some of the big dogs, you can avoid some of the more talented teams in the league and some of the more physical teams in the league and keep your team healthy, keep your team piling up wins throughout the year, that's a huge deal. That's one of the big... I don't know if it's a disadvantage, but I think, you know, the round robin with so much familiarity between all these schools with just kind of the week in and week out grind, it makes it really tough to run the table. It makes it really tough um, to have a respectable record at the end of the year. And so now that's another aspect of this that's going to come out. But, yeah, I am fascinated to kind of see how they release this. Um, you know, it is sort of a big moment for the league. It's the first time in a long time there's really been any sort of question in the Big 12 schedule other than, okay, what road trips do we have? What home games do we have? When are we playing Team X and Team Y? Um, so, you know, it takes time to get uh, the schedule when it's sponsored by BAPE. It takes time to get it out there. It takes time to figure out when Jay-Z can announce these things. I don't know what Brett Yormark has cooked up, but I think it's going to be funny and fascinating to see what he does to get this out to the general public. I need an ESPN-like release show, like on the Big 12 Network somewhere where it's Jay-Z and Brett Yormark running down TCU's schedule. Like, this is yeah. what we need. What about the make us on wait, Big 12 we need podcast? Have, I know. Yeah, about, I mean, podcast. come on. Right, we have StreamYard, right? What a big platform we can use. <laughs> there you go. We'll go StreamYard we'll go plus YouTube. We'll go live place. on the Big 12 schedule. It's, it's, the, right place, it's the right place to do it. It's the right we'll place. We'll get all 14 of us and go yeah, live. Yeah, well, um, I, I – this is like this is why it's this is why it's so fun because and I think the thing is too is like there's a certain element of I, Brett Yormark being the young new young new guy and it's like all these ads who are like where is our damn schedule <laughs> and dude I'm yeah. like we want to play Texas I need to book at home it's our last give shot. Me the schedule. yeah like give us a schedule now uh, Stephen I will say this I, I don't think we'll be seeing TCU with a bye week in the month of September this year I think they might get the uh, yeah. the old favor. I think maybe October 17th through 30th at some point that we get in the week off, you know, sometime in there, hopefully for them. But yeah, so much is so much. This is complexion. And I'll now ask you guys, it can be your team. It can be any, anywhere else, but I'm, I'm betting you guys will get your direction. One matchup that you would like to see here or there, there or here X versus Y, Y versus Z, Z versus I don't really care. Just the matchup that you want to see, next year and, and i'll give you guys the exact, like, you know like for me in hoops i just desperately i'm so freaking fired up for houston against kansas wherever that game is played so give me your houston versus kansas what do you have to see in 2023 john i'll go to you first before i do that i do want to say i think there's a little bit of good 
goodness. I'm not, I'm not talking real well tonight. My apologies, everybody. There's there's a benefit to this kind of prolonged schedule release and that they haven't done it yet. Just the buzz it's creating. Like every day there's somebody on, t- on social media talking about it. So Brett Yormark, maybe he's just a uh, you know, master. Complaining would be the right word, but talking about it's fine. Yeah, yeah I guess. Talk, complain, cry, whatever. Uh, just a lot of a lot of buzz creating uh, or surrounding this, you know, the schedule. Uh, I mean, for me, it's you know, Oklahoma getting the chance to go to Provo and play on the road there against BYU. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, we've seen BYU in the past, but it was like the last time was a neutral field at AT&T Stadium. Man, the backdrop in Provo with the mountains, that would be a fantastic environment. I mean, a college game day type environment that would be welcomed. And hey, maybe I'll make a road trip. Hey, I got a spot out here in Provo. Come on down. We, we got I, I, I will we'll say, bunk the kids. I, we'll bunk the kids together. I, I will say this, Jake and John. That that is the game that I think I and I work with a lot of Oklahoma people. So that's granted that there too. But like generally speaking, that is the game that I've heard the most buzz that people want to see. So, Jake, is that the one that you know? Because OU fans, they want they want that trip to happen. Sure. It's like if all you fans go to Orlando, like there's a good chance it's like 30, 40% Oklahoma fans in the stadium. Just because like they'll it's Orlando, it's warm, it'll be whenever. You have to go to Disney, Universal. I, I feel like BYU is still like, eh, it's still gonna be a stronghold, right? It's still gonna be 75, 85% BYU fans if that's the case. So yeah. Jake, is that the one that the Cougar fans want? Uh, of the two of Texas and Oklahoma, if they can get a home game against one of the two, it's got to be Oklahoma. They've had Texas here recently, and uh, obviously that was the game that Taysom Hill ran all over Texas and got uh, uh, Manny Diaz fired. It was beginning beginning of the end for Mac Brown, as many people r- will recall. So they've seen Texas recently, at least most BYU fans have in the last decade. So they want Oklahoma here. You mentioned the fact the last time they faced off was at AT&T Stadium. Before that, they played in the 1994 Copper Bowl. Uh they haven't played Texas and Oklahoma very often, but when they have played them, they've had pretty good success against the Sooners. The one thing BYU fans want to see, they want to see OU, that they want to see the cream and the crimson in Provo. Steven, does does TCU want one more chance to remind Texas who the first team in Texas was to win a CFP game, to go to a CFP, to win the game? First team, yeah, I think it's the first team to go, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah first team are. to go and win in the state of Texas. Not AM, not Texas. Not not Houston, not Texas, nobody else. Is that I mean, the one game you want to see? Because that, that should be the game that we're supposed to get next year. Or is it something else that you slash TCU fans want? If they get Texas at home and win that game and close out Big 12 play, winning 9 of 11 against the Horns or 8 of 11 against the Horns, that would be just, like, incredible. I would, I would take that any day of the week. If that's our lasting memory – of Texas football against DCU. That would be fantastic. Um, you know, from a road trip perspective, everybody wants to go to Provo. So I'll say Orlando just because, yeah, we'll hit Disney. We'll hit Universal Studios, and then we'll go in there and play UCF. Um, and then I, I won't say this one because I know, like, we're going to see it plenty throughout the years. But Holgerson and Gundy, like, let's call it the mullet bowl. Let's call it the energy drink bowl, the box wine bowl. I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be – it's just going to be a fun little matchup between those two. Are we sure those two are going to be coaching there? At their well, that's, school? that's the other thing. I mean, this might be the only year. This I might mean, be the only year that happens. Remember, guys, we heard that you know Major Applewhite with at a Houston eight and five was not acceptable. They Holgers, <laughs> no, they should have been better this year. And then Mike Gundy. I mean, my God, boys, yeah. what in the hell? 
We're having a rough off season. You know, him saying, I mean, it started with that West Virginia game where he said, you know, it's not my job to talk to the players. <laughs> yes, it is your job. Your job is to recruit players and like retain talent. Uh, not Spencer Sanders wanted to come back and you were like, and, and Spencer Sanders is going to be fighting for a starting position at Ole Miss. And we're going to have, we have to watch Alan Bowman start at Oklahoma state next year. What is wrong with you, Mike Gundy? What are we doing? I, I'm with, I'm, I'm, so I'm there. Uh, I think one to, I, I think Texas Tech doesn't want to see Texas or OU because I think they want last year to be their last memory of playing those schools. They beat them both in the same year for the first time, right? So they probably want that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a, um, with a different one. I want to see Cincinnati and West Virginia get together. I want to see that become a regional rivalry. I want to see West Virginia recruit the hell out of Cincinnati because right now they need it. Good Lord, do they need that. Um, I think the best thing that could have happened to West Virginia football was the addition of Cincinnati in the state of Ohio nearby and the addition of UCF in, obviously, the state of Florida. Those are two places that they should have success. The addition of Texas has been okay to them, but not great. So off the reservation there a little bit, I'm going to go with West Virginia and Cincinnati. I hope that flourishes into a beautiful flower of a rivalry as it should. Hoops, I don't think there's any concern, although I'm not sure how much longer Bob Huggins will be around there on that, on that front. So uh, a lot of, lot up in the air here, guys. Uh, all right, we'll wrap it up here. Everybody can say, uh, you know, give their plugs. It's been a long time since we've been together, guys. This was a pleasure. John, I'll go to you first. Any closing thoughts? Plus, where can people find you, all of your amazing work and all of its spectacular variety? Well, you can find the show uh, Locked On Sooners on YouTube, podcast, wherever you get them. Uh, on Twitter, at Locked On Sooners. We're going to be talking on our next show uh, about Pete Thamel's comments on the Paul Feinbaum show about one Jeff Levy's name popping up uh, if the Alabama offensive coordinator job comes available. Just an interesting thought. But you can follow me on Twitter, at John9Williams. You can read more work over at thesoonerswire.com. Jake, sorry, I was not I was not at my mute button. I had to unmute myself right, my best. Right. My chair is squeaking. I had to mute myself. We're all over the place. Go ahead, Jake. All good. All things BYU. You can check it out. Locked on Cougars on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we're actually doing a kind of a fun series throughout the offseason here. We're looking back. BYU played 155 games as an independent football program. Uh, I'm going game by game through. We actually just finished the first season, uh, so 2011. We're going to literally go game by game throughout the offseason, getting ready for Big 12 football. It'll carry us all the way through the summer. So uh, if you want to check that out, join Join us every single day talking all things Cougars. You can search me out, Locked on Cougars, or Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Darn, Jake. It sounds like you must be a radio producer with your uh, – that's a pretty brilliant content idea. That's that's very good stuff. Uh, Mr. Simcox, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Locked on Horn Frogs is the show. You can subscribe on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we got plenty of coverage of Kendall Browse higher, and then – we're also running through a five burning questions for the TCU offense or for the TCU off season. Yesterday we talked about the TCU offensive line. Um, so yeah, you can catch up on all that lockdown horn frogs. I'm at some Cox Steven on Twitter. The show is at locked on TCU. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO big 12. You guys can find us in all these shows, wherever you get your podcast. You can also find all the shows on YouTube as well. Please subscribe to all the channels. Make sure you guys like the videos and leave your comments as well, but do not be a jackass when you do. All right, folks, uh, till next time, we'll see you all. And everybody out there, please uh, stay safe until this collective regroups.